take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film. Uh, Okay. Hey, hi, Tom. How are you? Doing good, Mr. Finley. How are you doing, sir? Um, all right. Um, you know, there was uh, something I was thinking about the uh, the pre. There's the pre Hayes Code and post Hayes Code, and the Hayes Code seems kind of hazy. It's this thing that's just sort of blurted out there. From ni- I think 1934, right? So it's you know some some sort of Hollywood standard, some sort of organization about particular standards that were as right. foggy as they are now, I suppose, in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. And if you go back to like 1933 and 1932, there's some crazy, crazy shit in movies. Right, stuff you wouldn't imagine being in the new, being in a movie, right? Simply yeah. because it was it was excised from movies, specifically by the Hayes Code, because people were getting weirded out by that, right? Yeah, I mean, there was shit later on. Of course, there was like the Catholic Code, and that was all the way until the 1950s and maybe even 60s, right? And it was sort of like, but that was, that wasn't a. I mean, actually, none of none of the things are binding. That's what's kind of interesting about it, right? Like the ratings we have on movies today are not binding ratings. There's nothing that right. says you you can't let a a child into an R-rated movie unaccompanied. Right. Well, my, my understanding too about the Hayes Code is like the Hayes Code was it was sort of like that. It was instituted by the uh, the, the Holly uh, by the uh, the system in Hollywood so that they wouldn't have to deal with direct government regulation. Okay, so it's in house, mm-hmm. right? But one of the problems with some of the in house stuff can be um, that you, it, you're sort of left to guess, right? So uh, I remember a few, about ten years ago, I guess it was probably more like fifteen years ago when. Um, uh, Ken Burns put out a documentary about, I guess it was the World War II series, or the, huh? like the multi-series, and and um, the networks were were saying no, 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 no. There's a few things you're gonna have to cut out. And he said what? And he said we can't. They said we can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You have 18 hours of completed footage out of you know probably 500 hours. You'll have to figure it out. And he's like, oh fuck. Um, and so some of that is not as clear. The Catholic thing was actually, the Catholic code seemed a little clearer, actually. Uh, it was draconian, but it was like, you know, types of kissing or whatever. Hayes code had some weird stuff and they would come out with stuff like you couldn't say nuts and not because it represented testicles, but it was like an exclamation that was too harsh or something like that. Nuts. Nuts to that. Nerds. Nuts to that, right. No, nerds. Um, right. And so there's all of that. It could be directly linked to as a form of swearing that was relevant at the time. <laughs> right. But then you have sure. you have this crazy upheaval, right? So it's like, you know, the, the Hayes Act comes in in 1934 and we're a few years into the Great Depression and the, the culture is kind of collapsing. And yeah. and so it's a weird time to be asserting these these sort of arbitrary moral codes and what what slips through the codes and it's probably more obscene than anything is like Shirley Temple, you know, as the rich little girl, you know, and it's like Bleh, people are starving yeah. in the streets, you know, that's kind of actually a little obscene itself as an idea. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the weird things that happens in the late '30s, I I feel I notice. Maybe it even could be attributed to a film like uh, Petrified Forest or whatever. But there's a film called um, uh, Black Legion. Have you ever seen Black Legion from 1937? I'm afraid I have not. It's a Humphrey Bogart film, and it's a Bogart film that basically talks about the John Birch Society and the Klan. 
and, and Bogart. Shut up. Oh, really? oh, totally. And it's it's really Whoa. it's okay. it's absurdly or, or kind of surprisingly sophisticated in the way that it talks about it because it's like Humphrey Bogart plays a worker who like flirts with it for a second, I, as I recall, but it flirts with it because people are like, "Do you want to lose your job, man? Do you understand? You know, it's like very, very reasonable talk. It's the way that like American History X has." They do a smart thing in American History X. I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. But Edward Norton's character every once in a while has like kind of cogent-ish arguments for a second. And it's yeah. like, it's like, oh, okay, this is how complicated it is. It's not just a raving lunatic. It's actually a smart guy who has some understandable disappointments in life. And it just takes a small turn of the logic or the the, the, the speech, like the notch, just turns slightly. Where you're like, whoa, 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 and right. and, and Black Legion does that, and you know, Bogart realizes what the problem is, so he begins to fight the Black Legion, you know, the Black Hand of racism in his town, and um, it's sure. a, it's it's kind of not surprising that it's it's a lesser known Bogart movie because it's um, I think because it's so sophisticated. In a way. Anyway, what, no, what year did you, do you remember the year for this? I do. Thing? It was 1937. Perfect. Okay. All right. So when I am surfing YouTube and I, I, I see a site that's like basically announcing like controversial movies no one's heard about, and I send a link to you for a film called Child Bride, 1938, Child my first reaction is like, oh, how hilarious. Yes. Oh boy! <laughs> this is a this that's the topic of today's Patreon episode is is 1938's Child Bride and it is a at the very least a dark movie and definitely a, a disturbing movie. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think it it falls very squarely into the um, you know social uh, social justice. Um, I think I think people had the same idea when television first came out, and people were have like sort of struggled with this for movies since the beginning of since the beginning of movies, yeah. which is how do we use this as a tool for uh, for social betterment? Well, maybe. I mean, I'd like and to. That's, I think that's where this this movie is definitely coming from. That place. Yeah, but, I mean, I would, I would. Stop that. No, I don't but, know that but it is. I don't know that it succeeds. I don't even know that it's coming from that place, which is the, the really? kind of the most confusing part about it. Yeah, because it's. Oh, so you think they're going for just a simple exploitation? I here? don't know. I don't know. It's oh, attributed okay. as a, as, an, as a, a very sort of early exploitation film by some, mm. and I don't. I, you would know this more than I because I, I'm not we a can fan. See both arguments here. Yeah, go. I'm not a fan of of uh, mystery science theater 2000 slash 3000. I've just never been a fan. But I understand uh, the concept of what they're doing. Right. And apparently the three gentlemen on there had the same approach we did. Like, let's check out Child. It'll be like Reefer Madness. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and they, they watch it and they were like, they were so disturbed. It was like 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 an episode that made one of them tear up. I mean, it was like, really? a, and not be able to come up with jokes. Um, <laughs> that's, fa I, 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 that's fabulous. I would love to hear if they ever recorded that. I don't, know, I don't know if they ever released it, but but that's kind of the approach I had, which wow. is like, I was disturbed. I, I was watching it on my computer in my office because I just submitted grades. And even halfway through thinking like, should I be watching this in my office? Am I going to get in trouble? Because there are parts of it that are not... It's not child pornography, but it's it's like flirt flirting with it a bit with right, child right. pornography. It's on the border of that. I would say um, most.
mostly being saved by the fact that it was a pretty terrible print. Like, if yeah. I could have, if I'd have been able to see more, it might have been much more disturbing than it actually was. It, and it's disturbing because it's like but, I'm not sure. You know, I mean, the same the the charges were. I remember being levied against um, natural born killers or Pulp Fiction or something, and it's like, you know, that's sort of chestnut of the old argument. Like, it, hey, man, Natural Born Killers is, is making commentary about the about the violence in our media culture, and it's like, hey, by the way, maybe it is. But right. I can understand somebody who's a little jarred by Natural Born Killers, perhaps an older person at the time, saying, oh, that's an excuse for what you're doing here, because the truth right. of the yeah, matter is... very clearly taking advantage of that at the same time, regardless of what the social commentary means. Maybe they actually are doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And at first, I thought, okay, well, this the the I mean, because the, the 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 title of the film, I think, is leaves no mystery there. It's about um, you know girls basically who are wedded. In this case, by uh, I thought it was Appalachia at first, but it's the Ozarks, the Ozark folks, wherever yeah, that is. It's Snuffy uh, Snuffy Smith's uh, people for sure. I don't know the reference. Oh, uh, Snuffy Smith. It was a great. It was a great cartoon. Like back in the uh, back in back in the day. It was like it's just the hillbillies. It's just making funny hillbillies. The guy with like the, uh, you know, with the, with the with the giant hat and the corn cob pipe who who makes whiskey all the time. That's this. This is definitely taking uh, taking the piss out of them. Well, because I'm looking at it. First of all, I'm thinking this. Like it it comes so close to whether it's trying to make a social message, and maybe it fails, or or whether it's exploitation. It comes close to, and then I think actually goes over the line of the type of sort of um, charged material that, like, you used to hear in the 70s when pedophiles would, like, get caught and they'd have, like, J.C. Penney's catalogs with, like, girls and boys in, like, underwear. I guess this is just a pre-internet world or whatever it was. Um, And it's almost like, ah, it almost is in that area because... The, ex- the the social message is a good one, no doubt about it. It's one that's still relevant in the world today. And that's like your 11 to 12-year-old girl who's been married off to a 40-year-old man. Um, that sort of stopped to sort of examine the, the insanity of that. And that there would be a film that, that's brave enough to say, yeah, it's not – this isn't just like someplace around the world. This is our neck of the woods, folks. It's happening here. Um, yeah, I admire that. Um, that it's really corny as a film is indicative of a 1938 film. I mean, all the all the Ozark folks are hillbilly to the max, except for the teacher. This, this is not a sophisticated movie at all. Except for the teacher who's sort of like a, a, a pearl clutcher uh, teacher who's come in, you know, a do-gooder to come into the Ozark area and teach these children who can't read. And we can talk about the can't read um, well, scene in just a minute. Returned, in fact. She comes from that same area. She's right? made and it out, yeah. It's very fucking clear. She's made it out. She's come back to try to fix it. I think it's like, I think it manages to be, uh, like, like I said, sort of a, like the, a moral indictment movie all up until the end. And then right at the end, it falls apart. It just totally tits apart. Like, it just goes completely right off the rail. Uh, I'm going to say it happens about halfway through, um, okay. but but we can examine that in a second. And and you know this this character, the the teacher who's made it out and come back to to do good and and sort of you know create justice for her community and especially the young uh, kids. She's she's uh, engaged to a man who you know at the state capitol or whatever who's who's making laws or I don't know, he's a junior congressman or something assemblyman. And it's like she, you know, as soon as he can help her get this law through in, in the locality to, to outlaw um, child brides, 
um, then she can sort of move on with her life. And, you know, it's, it's oh, it poorly defined what a child bride is. What, what, what you know, what's the, what is the cutoff there? What's the, what is the, the statue? Well, the, we know what it is now, supposedly, but the character was 12 and the actress who plays her, and I can't, re- can't remember who plays the character. Jenny is, um, also plays, um, Ruthie Jode two years later in Grapes of Wrath. And it's, it seems like this was her film debut and it seems like this set her up for that particular type of like, uh, perfect. It, well, in a way, right. It's like the, the hillbilly who's a little, yeah. you know, um, I can't think of the word, um, the suffering anyway, the suffering hillbilly child, let's say. Right. Um, and in some ways it's <laughs> Disadvantaged. like disadvantage disadvantage. I was going to say, um, I can't think of the word. Fuck. It's just too hot where I'm at. But anyway, so part of, part of it is like, it, it starts off interesting and, and, and you're tricked into it. That's the problem. And trick, I don't know who's tricking you, the exploiter or, or the person who's trying to make an important film, but it's just, it's just making fun of hillbillies in the 30s style for, for like a good 20 <laughs> minutes. And someone's got it still and as a father and it's like, skip school son today, uh, skip school son, skip school today. Let's go up to the still and drink. And it's like, no, pa, I, w- I want to go ogle this girl. And it's like, all right. There's, right. A, there's, a, there's a little person, uh, would, uh, would, uh, moonshiner as well. Who's basically tossed around because he's a little person. I mean, this is like six six years earlier they'd made the film Freaks, right? Which basically talked about that. Um, you put your finger on it, Tom. Really, you did. Uh, I sure did. Yeah, I mean, so so it's got it's got like this. Uh, it's this is going to be a drag, really, is what I thought. Well, there's nothing here, and then it just shifts gears, and it's just after the scene where we establish exactly how how bad off, um, how oppressed, if you will. These people aren't especially the kids because the the good teacher has a has a sort of teaching lesson. It's the most ridiculous teaching lesson I've ever heard. <laughs> they're sing they're singing a ridiculous song. It's first of all no no one in this film or the director doesn't really know how to make small scenes. Or maybe yeah. it's a, his excuse for the the overlong scene halfway through the movie. But I'd say editing is not something anybody any skill set brought to this fucking movie. Because- no, no, but it's like you know it, it really horribly establishes the school where pigeons are shitting on on students' textbooks and no one knows how to how to except for Ru- for little Jenny who's like the smart girl and of course somehow and this this carries to this day that makes it more tragic that she's oppressed she's oppressed and smart oh no but but it's not like it's just a, a poor message to the time had she been a dumb woman right i yeah. guess it, it's part of what happens here and it's like there's a little bit of like um do you know that that play trifles do you remember that play no. it's from the teens it's about a little over 100 years old and it's about a woman who kills her husband or they're not sure if uh, if someone's killed the husband they suspect the wife and and come to turn out, find out that the husband had killed her bird, the one thing she had in life that wasn't oppressive, and so she right. strangled the husband in her sleep. And it's the wives of the sheriff and the and and the deputies who who discover this and who keep it quiet from from their husbands because it's like we understand what it's like to want to throttle your husband for. So there's like almost a little bit of that in in sections. Well, very Ibsen-esque. Uh, yeah, it is very Ibsen-esque. Yeah, good call. And so there's a little bit of that in this movie, or I should say the potential for that in this movie, but it, it just it quickly becomes an excuse for, I would say, a child, you know, edging on pornographic titillation in a weird way. And there's this really long scene where, you know, this, the, the Jenny, the girl, has a, 
has a, a, a Huckleberry Finn friend and she tells him we can no longer swim naked together because the innocence is gone. It's like, okay, that's acceptable. And then she just sort of strips down and she's, she's bare-breasted and bare-assed and swimming for like five or six minutes, this scene? I mean, I was really sort of squirming. In <laughs> rather shockingly clear water, no doubt, no less. Uh, yeah, awkwardly. But, and I, I, would go you one, I would go you one better in, in a much less disturbing sense, but it definitely slides into... Uh, like when, uh, so a bunch of the town folk are upset with our teacher yeah. for trying to fuck with uh, their ability to nail young ladies. Yeah, really, that's it. Want. Yeah, that's it. They just like we like our we like our trim young, and so they basically it's like she gets like kidnapped in the middle of the night, yeah. and it's a basic. No, the teacher. Largely an ex- I'm sorry, just to clarify, the teacher gets kidnapped. Yeah, the teacher yep. gets kidnapped, right? Yeah. And we get to see uh, like some rather shockingly uh, open bodices, and uh, like there's a lot of booby action going on. Well, she's tied to a tree, sort of stripped down. We don't see anything particularly, but we get the picture, and she's about to be tarred and feathered. And it's like yeah. that tar and feathering. It doesn't. It doesn't do what you should do in that story, which is to sort of characterize the mob. It's mm-hmm. it's there for our titillation. It's clearly yeah. there for our titillation. So it's like there again, any one of these things, I guess, as a one-time pop-up in the film, I'd say, okay, edgy, you know, whatever. But this is where it seems like the negative side of exploitation, where this film is uh, – it's just kind of – I don't know. It's like I don't want to be puritanical about it, but it's just kind of a rotten film. I have more respect for, for like Behind the Green Door or something as, as, a, as a film, you know? Like this is – it's just kind of – Go ahead. This is, but I think honestly, there's this 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 reeks a little. This reeks at least a little bit of um, sort of white people, uh, like rich white people, looking down on poor white people, and sort of like, oh, that's the that's the life they lead. Like that was a that was a that used to be a cottage industry in the United States, entertainment wise. To a certain extent, it still is. Yeah. Um, but but I think honestly, I think that's that kind of is what it is. It's the reason it feels moralistic is because it's coming from a place of people who are using their morals judgmentally on people who are horribly oppressed and having a fucking bad life. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not that it doesn't happen it, or that it's it's worthy, but I think you're right. There's a sort of a classist sort of thing happening there, right? And mm. as, as, a, as a filmmaker, it's sort of like if you ever watch like Alexander Dvinsky or, or some of those Eisenstein films where the Teutonic uh, – the soldiers are like pitchforking babies into a fire. Subtly. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, Russian propaganda. Am I right? This is American propaganda about Americans uh, during a time when class distinctions ha- had a life and death accountability. And um, it could have actually been much more subtle and interesting and actually been an, a, a sort of, uh, I don't know. Is that it could have been a decent or an interesting movie. Yeah. It could have been an educational Definitely. movie. It could have been a lot of different things. Could have been it, something it, we talked about in pioneering terms, you know, or, or even positive terms, Joe. We could have talked about it in some somewhat positive terms. Uh, they just never, they never went that. They never yeah. went anywhere like that. It's just weird. Like you said, it's just, it just, it just, it, yeah. You feel icky watching it. I haven't felt this bad. Uh, since the last Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> because we have a way, I think, uh, with more sophisticated um, habits of watching movies as time goes on, of identifying or thinking we identify um, unmistakable moves that filmmakers make. So it's like, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, why are... If, if she just strips down and, 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 and we see her, her hiney jump in the pond, 
one thing. Five minutes, okay. But even if the point there is not is to objectify the man who's watching her, because the, the adult who watches her from the side is the one who later on tries to blackmail the mother in a really shitty way to giving up his daughter, a 12-year daughter to him. Um, it's like, okay, maybe there's a reason for that characterization. But what maybe squirm even more than the swimming scene was the two times and one time with a, a long sort of camera hold when he kisses her. <laughs> editing, man, just fucking editing. So much is implied. You know, a little, a little girl, she she jumps into a lake bucket naked. There's a lot of cloudiness in the water, so we don't get to see a bunch of stuff. And this guy looks on, and we just hold that for a little while. And the boom, you, you have everything you need to that they're trying to get across there without wanting to scrub your cerebrum with a firebrush. You know what it reminded me of, and of course, it, it, I, it's not a fair comparison because the film I'm about to mention doesn't go into like pedophilia territory or child bride or any of that sort of stuff. Lolita, I know, go. <laughs> I should have mentioned Lolita, by the way. Um, it's um, is Jean de Flore, where the evil, evilness was so subtle. It was like, oh, good writing, good good directing. By the way, Lolita's worth mentioning here. Of course, it's so obvious. I, I can't believe I forgot about it. But I remember I, I reading Lolita being really taken with um, Nabokov's sort of structure and, and the way he did it, the way he tricked you into having sympathy with this particular man, right? This narrator, this... Um, and I, I, so I assigned it for a class, and I had a student, this is years ago, I had a student who t- didn't want to do it. And she said, there are reasons I don't want to do it. I'm very clear why she didn't want to do it. And so I said, I'll, you know, we'll, we could work on something else. I can assign you something different. Um, but I didn't want to take it away from the class. Um, but I understand, like, why that, like, why Lita's a, a tough book. But I also understand why, like, like Nabokov is a master for taking it on anyway. Right. I, do. I have to be honest. The thing I, that's, that shocked me the most about Lolita was how funny it was. I oh, was hilarious! Not that at all. <laughs> he was a very, very witty, uh, I guess, protagonist, protagonist mm-hmm. slash antagonist, um, because monster. he's also he's also a monster, very rotten. But I mean, I, I have great admiration for Nabokov, and I think it's something that I would fight against being censored. I would fight against this film being censored, I, I guess, too, just on the basis of censorship. But I had no admiration for the people who put this project together. Mm. Word to your mother. Word to your mother. So I'm going to say uh, neither of us are necessarily Two big thumbs up. <laughs> what we're yeah, yeah, honestly, it's one of those things. Usually, even when I have a thumbs down, it's like, yeah, but check it out. I honestly kind of follow the, the, the Mystery Science 3000 guys who, who advise people to just don't. Just don't even bother watching it. And I was like, I kind of am on board. Like, don't. Just don't even bother. Know that it's I, I out there. See their com- where, now, where did you catch their commentary? Because I want to go look that up. That's uh, I, I followed a little bit of research, but all the research was kind of around the same stuff. The controversy of the swimming scene and the, the frontal nudity scene um, and a few other sort of items like that and, and how um, they got around some of the Hayes Code on that stuff because it was an independent independent uh, distributor. Um. Um, but yeah, I, I somewhere around there, I, I heard those guys talk about it, and they were just like, "No, it's not even. It's worth knowing about." Right. So you listen to this episode, it's like, "Well, you can know about it, and therefore have a piece of like cinematic historical observation about something when censorship comes up, or the Hayes Code, or you know this particular topic." But I, I would almost say, "Don't bother. It's an hour of your life that's not worth it." You don't get it back, baby. It you don't get back. it back. 
No, uh, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a worthy, uh, not a worthy inclusion in the watch that shit. Club. No. And I think, I think we should each sort of like be careful in the future, not to be too tricked because I'm, I'm anytime I hear like a 1930s film, that's still controversial. I'm like, oh, I'm in baby. I'm in. It's like, I do a little <laughs> research first. Um, okay. So we are talking about 1938's child Brad. And, child um, Brad. I think you have Tommy a website. Yeah, I do. TomSmithComedy.com. Come check it out. And, uh, yeah, join us on Finley's on Film. Hey, drop us a line at Finley's on Film uh, at Gmail. Yep. And don't uh, if you have the capacity to rate reviews on iTunes, we appreciate it. You know another thing to do? Well, it's not much good talking about here on Patreon, but if you're already a Patreon subscriber, I would say this. Um, word of mouth, meaning word of social media mouth, like put something up on Facebook or Instagram or, or Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Let other people know if you have followers, uh, what have you, about us, because that's a good way that I've gotten in the podcast for sure. All right, Tommy, I love you, man. Love you too, bud. Talk to you later.